Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 228 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So I apologize. I couldn't do the show yesterday. I was having some, some issues that I had to tend to, but we're going to do two shows today. So we have this one now, and I'll be back again at 2 p.m. Eastern with another guest with another great story. So if you're brand new to this, we're all about overcoming obstacles, we're about defying the odds, and sharing my guest backstories so we can inspire you to clear whatever is blocking your path from the thing that you truly are passionate about and that you want to accomplish. And if that sounds good to you, hang hang around because uh, today's guest has a phenomenal story. And if it doesn't appeal to you, I challenge you to stay and watch it anyway because I guarantee you're going to get many takeaways from what we share. Happens every single episode. And so this one's not going to be any different. And if you join me over on the live stream on Facebook, please like and share. Help spread the word. And I'm not streaming on YouTube anymore. So if you're looking for me there, you're going to get your feelings hurt because I'm not doing that anymore. All right. And a little bit about me. One minute and 18 seconds for us to be exact. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. Starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. You've got to know your work. All right, one last thing that we get to my guest is the teachable moment of the day. And I've used this one multiple times, but it's so important and just out in everyday life. I just see people constantly beating themselves up, right? Just, you got to love yourself. I want you to love yourself because A, you're the only one that resides within your body. Just just you. And no matter what God gave you or wherever you think we, we came from, you were given the gifts that you have. Step into those gifts. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop envying what other people have and step into your gift. Because that's where you're going to find your true power. And then when you find your true power, it lights your soul on fire. And once your soul is lit on fire, you are unstoppable. All right? So that's today's teachable moment. And so now, so I named this show, When Your Husband Gets Kidnapped. You know, so for every wife out there, just think about that for a second. Because my guest lived through this. I turned up. Right? And who is my guest? So... She's got a pretty, pretty amazing bio here, but we're going to skip to this part because I want to hear everything else in her own words. So she recently launched her book, Kidnapped, a phenomenal story of how her family survived the kidnapping of her husband while he was tortured and held for ransom by 55 Nigerian rebels. Her book was awarded the NR1 new release by Amazon, and her mission is to bring joy and hope through her story. So let's get that story. So welcome Lorna Grayling to the show. Thank you, Robert. What an honor for me to be here. I'm so excited. Awesome. Yes. Thank you for taking the time to be here and to share your story. Because, uh, yeah, I'm sure we're, we're definitely going to get into this one. But first and foremost, wh- where are you joining me from? Well, I am in the fabulous and sunny Florida. 
So I know, very unfair, wonderful weather, sitting here, (laughs) going to the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's like, it's starting to get more mild here. I'm up in Rhode Island, and I I tell all my guests, like, don't come on my show in the winter with your warm weather BS. (laughs) Like, we're not trying to hear that when it's 10 degrees and and a foot of snow outside. (laughs) I know, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's too funny. So uh, how long have you been down in Florida? Um, I have been here now for nine months, so I I did survive the summer, so, you know, we don't have it all that great in Florida, we do melt a little bit in summer, but then we find ourselves again through the rest of the the 10 months. (laughs) What I I tell people, because summers get pretty hot here too, and we we had the humidity as well, but what I tell people in in the summertime, there's periods throughout the day where it's comfortable. Yeah. You know, if you say like 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., it's tolerable. You know, yeah, 10 to, 10 to 6, you're dying. But then as the sun starts to go down, it's tolerable again. When it's 20, it's 20 at 6 a.m., at noon, at 6 p.m., and at midnight. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, so unless you're oh, a, a cold person, oh, it's brutal. Yeah, we like comfortable though, right? I think as humans, we, we like things to be comfortable. It's really yeah. uncomfortable when it's not comfortable. <laughs> true. <laughs> That's very, very true. All right, so let's dive into this story. So let's start with you. So how would you describe yourself? Uh, well, uh, sure, there's many things. I think I always joke with you know my motto. My motto in life is that if you're not that clever, just shine. All right, just look good. So I have this thing where at school, I really always, you know, I was only there for the for the friends, for the communication, for the gossip, for everything that was happening other than the academics. But um, I learned that in life, you know, if you dress up and you pick up your attitude, you can really um, do a lot of things without the proper education or uh, whatever it is that you know you need to to get you someplace if you have the the grind and the guts and the personality um, and you persevere long enough you know dress up get up and go for it yeah so uh, that's pretty much my motto in life Um, I'm a mother I'm a mother of three teenagers Um, teenagers you know, that's a species on its own. I now know what. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm telling you. Uh, someone told me the other day that certain insects eat their young. So I was like, yeah, I know. To avoid teenage years, I'm sure. <laughs> we actually had this talk in my gym earlier, just earlier today. And uh, I told you, I said 10 to 14, those puberty, those puberty ages, 10 to 14, just brace yourself. Because I, I have four yeah. four teens right right now. Oh my well, god! Well, one one's about to be to be twenty. So she'll be twenty in July. But then I have a, a fifteen year old and twin boys who are thirteen. No, I don't know how you're alive still. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I have no hair here and all grays right here. <laughs> ah, that's the reason. <laughs> that so, is it. Yeah. So oh, yeah, great. that's me. I've been married for twenty two years to my nice. husband. And um, I'm an entrepreneur. I own multiple businesses in South Africa, model, actress, TV presenter. Um, and now I'm currently residing in the United States. And we're very happy to, to be here. So very excited. Nice. So are you a native of Africa? Um, yeah, I am. I'm from a culture called Afrikaans. Um, from South Africa. It's a country right at the south point of Africa. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's where I'm from. But I'm loving the United States. Uh, it's always been a dream to live here. And it's a beautiful country. So we are very grateful. Awesome. What was it like living in Africa? Well, <laughs> we can do a whole episode on that. That's quite fun. <laughs> um South Africa has always been quite a, a, a beautiful country, um, but I think in the in the last twenty five years uh, we have gone through a lot of transition in our country with a new government, new uh, you know way of doing things, um, and yes, yeah, so it's it's becoming you know we are battling crime really badly in in South Africa, especially at the moment, the crime is completely out of hand. Uh, Unemployment is completely out of hand. Um, Yeah. So, you know, that's why it's such a, 
I'm so inspired and, and passionate about bringing hope um, to other people because I see, you know, people around me, especially when I was living in South Africa, how people kept on losing hope in their future and how losing hope is so incredibly, I want to say, dangerous um, because when you have no hope, uh, you have no strength, no joy, and no will um, to pursue the future. And that is really a really bad place to be. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I saw in so many of my friends and, and people that I knew, family. Um, and even in my own life, you know, I, I really battled at one stage to, to, to find hope in, in absolute hopeless circumstances. So, yeah, that's my passion. I love telling stories and, and bringing hope. <laughs> yes, I love I love that that hope because like through mm. through my talks and my speeches and stuff, I, I always talk about possibilities. Mm. It's like everyone wants to talk about the challenges, but what are the possibilities? You know, challenges mm. are always going to be there, but what's it going to be like at the other end of the challenge? It's like yes. that's that's the question. It's like don't don't stress out over the challenge. Like, what are you going through? Mm. You know, or what Absolutely. are you going through? I should say. Yeah. And, and you know what I've learned in life? And I mean, I've been through some crazy challenges. Um, yes, my husband was kidnapped. Uh, that was an unthinkable circumstances. You know, we'll, we'll chat about that in a minute. But I also lost um, my home. I also lost my business, everything that I worked for for 22 years. Um, we had to leave our home country, our family, everything that was, um, you know, uh, that we knew and moved to another country. Um, and all that loss, all that, you know, is, is extremely hard. But even if you reach your goals or your dreams or something that you thought this is all, what I've always wanted, um, there's even consequences in that as well. I always say dreams mm -hmm. come with consequences. Yes. And, you know, you'll always find a struggle. Exactly what you said now, there will always be something. Even if you are finally living in your three-story mansion or you're finally driving the, driving the car of your dreams or whatever it is that you want, or you finally got married, you know, like I'll be happy if I get married or I'll be happy if I have a child and you, then, you know, you'll have that child. There's consequences with, with that as well. So every yeah. dream has a consequence. And I love what you're saying about, you know, finding the hopeful things, finding the possibilities in the struggle, that is the key of getting through the struggles and not being completely overwhelmed by it. So there's a lot of yes. power in that. Yeah. Yes. And, and people have to define what success means to them. Because hmm. like, like I said, in my teachable moment about being envious of what someone else has, yes. and as you said, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So if you want to have this this business, you know, that's making X amount of X amount of dollars and you need a staff and you need that, it's like, do, do you want to do all of that? You know, because because I'll tell you right now, I don't, <laughs> you know, like that's that doesn't do it for me. You know, having five children and I'm I'm single. And so it's like having five, five kids. I can't be bogged down with an entire team as well. Yeah. You know, when, when they have, when my daughter has softball, my other daughter's running track and uh, one of the twins is doing one sport, one of the twi twins is running, you know, it's, there's just so much going on and then chorus and then after school stuff and then run, running the gym. It, it's like, I don't, I don't want to do, I don't want to have like, you know, 20 people working, working for me. Like mm -hmm. that's not my definition of, of success, mm -hmm. you know? So for, for the people that want that, by all means, go get it. But the point is, each individual person has to decide what does success look like for me? Yes, absolutely. And and again, you know, it comes back, like you say now, define success. And, and it comes with that realization, you know, of that every successful um, stage in your life, even if you decided, like, for me, success would be this extravagant career or um, whatever it is, like that career, that business, that whatever it is, like I say, that comes with consequences. I had a very big business. I always, you know, wanted a day spa. So um, I, I did. I started very small. I started from home and I, and I built up 
literally a massive, I owned one of the biggest, actually it was the biggest wellness center, aesthetic clinic and day spa in an area called Melville, which was uh, an area in Johannesburg in South Africa. And um, I had lots of staff working for me. I had doctors, psychologists, a gym, coffee shop, um, you know, all that stress eventually when I had all that, you know, I wasn't really any happier than the day I was when I just just working for myself from my own little cubicle at home, you yeah. know, striving and and grinding and working towards my dream of my mm-hmm. day spa. Uh, because when I finally got this day spa as big as I wanted it, um, it was a hell of a lot of work, a lot of responsibility, salaries that have to be paid, marketing, literally everything about that business and all the employees is on one person's shoulder and that's the the owner the the ceo (laughs) yes i was i was working with i was working with a woman she used to be one of my fitness clients and she said that she wants to open up like a restaurant bar type of thing Mm. and so i get on the call with her now i spent 20 years in the restaurant industry and so it's like, I know a lot of the behind the scenes of what it takes, mm-hmm. you know, to get your food to, to your table. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not as simple as people think it is. And so the first thing was she had never worked in a restaurant before. And so I said, okay, that's strike number one. It's <laughs> because mm-hmm. you kind of got to have some, yes. some experience into the industry you're going into. And then I was like, well, what, what do you want, want it to be? Like she's into to dance, Z- Zumba, and she's, she wants an African theme, you know, because she's like, there's really nothing in in our up, up in the city and Providence that there's really nothing geared geared towards like different African themes. And so, I said, so why don't why don't you think think about this? Like, you're into fitness, you're into music, combine the two. Mm. I said, come up with an African themed dance fitness business. Mm. You know, so I said, so you're still combining the things that you're passionate about into something that you know about (laughs) absolutely (laughs) one's got to use wisdom you know that if if we don't use wisdom in in our decisions and in our in in the ways we do things we often end up with um we we strive towards success and towards happiness you know and we kind of push towards being I don't know we see something there and if if I can just get there you know I'll be happy Mm. and I'll be successful um and then we, you know, if, if we don't use, like you say, what we've got and what we're good at, we'll yeah. get there and we will not have the actual tools and the know-how to do what we're supposed to do. And it will just be completely overwhelming at the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's no joy in striving towards something because, um, yeah, we just lose joy that way. Once yeah. we discover in life, like today is what we have to work with and it's awesome we're gonna have a beautiful sunrise we're gonna have an incredible sunset and everything in between is an opportunity even though in the morning things might look like it's you know things are gonna fall down on me today um but we can decide what we're gonna do about how we handle things we can't always handle you know decide like we can't choose what happens to us. We can only choose what we do with, with what happens to exactly. us. And once we realize that, there's a lot of peace and joy in that, definitely. Yes, and so so be, before before I dive into how you met how you met, met your husband, and we'll go right through that that whole story. I just want to piggyback off of what what you just said it was about. You know, you have to decide what you're going to do about your circumstance mm-hmm. and like using fitness as an example had this conversation just today you know we were talking about pull-ups you know it's just uh scientifically just from the way the way we're built a lot of women i'm not gonna say all a lot of women struggle to do pull-ups yeah and so people you know they talk about body type and muscle build i'm like no it's because you don't practice <laughs> like I'm like yeah. the the women that I train here that can do pull-ups work on pull-ups. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So like, right? So if you yes. just accept the fact that you can't do something, like when I started the gym, right? I don't have a college degree. I had no savings, I had bad credit, and I had no marketing experience, but I knew how to connect with people and get them to believe in themselves. So that's what I started with. 
And then I just learned what I needed to learn along the way. I learned marketing. I learned branding. I learned how to get fe featured in the media. I learned how to write Facebook ads. Like I learned it along the way. Yes. Like I always tell people like just start. Like Amazon started in someone's garage. Yeah. And then look at what it is now. I think I think Google was started in somebody's garage or home office. Like Facebook with a with a college with a college project. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, all these things. Do you know that Monopoly, the game, the, the board game, it was actually started by a family who had lost everything. Um, and they were just, they started this game in their home in the evenings, just playing around, pretending like they have cars and homes and yeah. hotels. And they just, and this developed into a board game that was eventually sold off for millions. So you never have to, you know, where you are right now does not define your future. It's what you do with where you are. And like you were saying, I mean, I just love the, the, your show um, shut up and grind because that's the thing you know people we often talk so much <laughs> we just talk and talk and talk and talk but it's what we do with what we have that will in ultimately you know that will yeah and we'll end up somewhere with what we're doing not with what we're saying we can talk ourselves yes. to death nothing is going to happen if you don't do something about it so there's so much power in that and i want to come back to that um that training that you were saying now i mean i really felt like at some stage last year i got this revelation where i i i started training my mental muscles of hope like as exactly the same way we train our bodies to get fit and to be stronger there is there's such value in training your mental muscles because as human beings we're you know sometimes it can be easy to be negative i think we're almost born a little bit more skeptical and negative you know oh, it's yeah. almost abnormal to think the best will come from this situation mm -hmm. um, but the more you practice that even though your circumstances might not look it at the time but if you practice it and speak it and you know eventually we'll start to think that way eventually we'll start to feel better eventually we'll be able to do more uh, because the more joy you have, the more power you have, the more you can do. Uh, the more hopeless you are, the more defeated, you know, the more tired we become. It's just like, you know, we get, we just want to sleep all the time. We don't want to do anything. Yep. Yeah, it's a vicious circle. But it all starts in your mind. And it's like the pull-ups. You don't just wake up and do pull-ups. You battle, you struggle, you keep <laughs> on trying and you persevere. Yep. And over time you know, you get the pull-ups done and it's the same thing with the mind. So powerful. Yeah, and that's, some, that's something I deal with daily, every single mm -hmm. day, not me personally, but in the gym, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the gym, I have a 20-foot climbing rope. I teach people how to lock in and I'm like, now the rest is up to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, there's nothing else I can teach you. I can teach you how to lock in, how to shimmy up. Now it's between you and your fear if you get to the top or not. Yeah, like that that's what's gonna do it. I was working with someone for a few months. I, we have gymnastics rings of, of also that we go across, and he gets up there and he gets in his head and he just won't let go of the first ring. Mm. And I told him, I was like, if you just let go and grab this first ring, you're gonna realize that you're not gonna die. <laughs> and then if and then once you grab the first ring, you can make it to to the last ring because all you yes. have to do is just duplicate the process. But yes. as you said, as humans, we are pre-programmed. Because if, if you think about way back in the beginning, where there were no refrigerators, there were actual you know pre predators out there, like you had to be on your guard, and that's wired into our DNA. So we look at we look at whatever whatever the topic is, and we pick out the things that either scare us or that we don't like. Like, if I hand you a meal plan, you're going to be like, I don't like asparagus, I don't do peppers, right? It's like, no, you're not going to look at the things that you like. We just naturally go to that stuff. So you're absolutely right with the mental performance. I do that with athletes all the time. I'll just share one one quick story. I was working with, with a track and field team that my daughter was on. And because, like, they didn't really have someone to, to do the sprints and the jumps and I'm knowledgeable in both. So I was there for that. And then we have we have a shot putter. I know squat about the shot put. Nothing. Right. And so 
she's throwing, she's throwing, and and she kind of hit a hit a roadblock. So I called her over. I was like, "What is it? What is your your goal? You know, to throw?" She's like, "I want to do like do like thirty three feet." I said, "Okay, where is that?" And she's like, "What do you mean? Like stand in a circle? Where's thirty three feet?" Hmm. She's like, uh, I, "I don't know." I said, "Then how how do you know how how are you gauging your progress? Like you have to know where the target is." So we measured it out. We put an X out there. I said, "Now hit the tape." She threw it thirty five feet. Wow, <laughs> thirty five. She said like a five foot PR, just from wow. sim- simply saying, "I'm like you keep throwing twenty eight feet because you keep telling yourself that's what you can throw." Yeah, and, and in that moment, like she thrusted herself from like the middle of the pack into like state state meat contention, just from all I did was just help her tap into her mental power. Yes. Didn't teach her. Didn't teach her stance, form, velocity, uh, rotational power. I didn't teach her any of that stuff. Yeah. It's like, just pick a goal and go. The mind is so powerful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I think that, you know, up to now, I, I really start seeing from, you know, lately, the last couple of years, a lot more effort being put into mental wellness. Yes. Um, but still, they, you know, if, you, if we can get our minds sorted out, that is 90% of the battle is won. Um, the physical is just that will follow once your mind is set once your mind is right it will follow and I really um, am pushing and hoping that in schools we will do a lot more about mental wellness and training kids about mental wellness and and having even subjects on how to become mentally well and you know all these things and and choices and and you know the choices we make and and the circumstances that will follow from that because I just feel like, you know, on television and things that are happening these days, there's a complete misconception yes. about making certain choices and then thinking that, you know, even though you choose this way, miraculously, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the greatest thing will happen to you. Life doesn't work that way, unfortunately. No, no it's definitely it's not just, a straight line. It's not a straight line. And everything is quick and easy and two-minute noodles and quick, quick, quick. But nothing else in life is that quick. Everything takes grinding, perseverance, guts, uh, and and it's just not easy. And if we are not taught that, we will never know that. And, um, you know, we will raise a generation that is really weak mentally. And that is dangerous. Yeah, weak and impatient, but that's a that's a weak topic and for impatient. another day. Yes, <laughs> that is a whole different topic, definitely. <laughs> yeah, we can do an entire episode on that. All right, so Absolutely. let's let's build up the love story here. So how how did you and your husband meet? <laughs> Oh, yes, we have a great marriage built on a fantastic meeting. Uh, Beer was on a special in London in a bar, and we just met there. (laughs) 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 And we've been together for 22 years, grinding (laughs) and not giving up. (laughs) So so who, who broke the ice? Um, I, it was my husband, definitely. I think he was the one who pursued me first. Yeah. Um, and he just never gave up. And then, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I always joke. I said, oh, I've wanted to divorce him so many times, but I just I could never afford it. It's too expensive. Like, I can't share this little bit in half. Are you nuts? <laughs> Awesome. Oh, no, we've got to keep trying, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my father used to always say that it's cheaper to keep them, it's cheaper to keep them. <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, no, we, we, we joke. But we did meet in a bar and we did meet in London. Mm-hmm. And um, from there on, we, bo- we were both South Africans, so, but we, we met in London. I was working and he was working on a completely different production. Okay. And we met in Covent Garden, which is like a little um, place in the middle, in the, in, in the town of London. They're very romantic, very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who would have thought two South Africans met, met at a bar in London? <laughs> I know, absolutely bizarre. But anyway, there we were. Okay. So, so, yeah. so at some point, you both made it back to South Africa? Yes, he was actually, my husband is a sound engineer. So he works on numerous different productions internationally. So 
Um, mainly sport. He um, does big sport productions, Olympic Games, World Cup, oh, wow. soccer, cricket, rugby, uh, whichever, you know, uh, international events is on. So he was working in London on an international event. Um, and I was actually living in London at the time and working there as a beautician uh, okay. back then. Yes. And so that's how we met. <laughs> okay. And so, dur so during this time, is is when did when did you start modeling? Uh no, I actually only started modeling a lot later in my life. Um, okay. Yeah, I never did any modeling. It's actually so you know, I never actually thought I was pretty. I never thought I was good enough. I was. I'm actually quite short. My mother always said to me, "You will never be able to model because you're just too short." Um, so yeah, I just why don't people do that? Oh, that drives me insane. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, I have a great mom, you know. But anyway, yeah, she used to say that, and um, and I am. I'm too short for the average run one runway model. But nowadays, I mean, there's so much more than just your yeah. average run what runway model. Back then, it was only runway. Now it's just so many different options. So life has evolved. And yeah, so at the age of 36, actually, um, it's a bizarre story. But let me tell you anyway how it <laughs> happened. <laughs> you can decide. You want to believe me or not? But. <laughs> I was actually, so I was working obviously in my, in my beautiful center, spa wellness center. And um, I knew nothing about modeling. I'd never had an interest in modeling, but this, um, I had this, after my husband's kidnapping, you know, I had this desire to start just do, doing public speaking and, and just sharing stories of hope. I just saw the need for hope, but I, I didn't know how. I didn't really think too much about it, you know, how I'm going to get there. But anyway, mm -hmm. so one morning, I got a text message from a client of mine and she said, uh, Lorna, I've been praying for you and I just feel on my heart to share this link with you. So it was strange. I, you know, I saw the link and she said, I, I you know, feel like you should enter uh, Mrs. South Africa. Uh, that was a big modeling competition in South Africa. And I, you know, saw her WhatsApp and I thought, oh, this lady is crazy. <laughs> I know nothing about modeling. This is South Africa. What is that? No, I, you know, I don't know about that. I knew about the younger version, the Miss South Africa for the young, you know, young ladies. But I had no idea there was a, you know, platform for married women. Yep. So anyway, I just kind of left it and thought, no, this woman is insane. I don't know, you know. <laughs> so I went to work and I opened my emails at work. And uh, the first email I got was from a different person, a completely different client, saying, Lorna, I found this in my inbox and I just felt I should share it uh, with you this morning. And I opened it up and I opened up the link and it went straight to the Mrs. South Africa page, oh, website. <laughs> right? <laughs> That was so bizarre. I was like, no. All right. So this is strange. Two weird things on one morning. Uh, anyway, I was in the reception area at my wellness center. And um, this lady comes in, beautiful blonde lady. And she just starts talking away. And she's just so lovely. And we got chatting. And she was telling me about this incredible experience that changed her life. And I was like, what? It sounds amazing. What did you do? She said, no, I entered uh, Mrs. South Africa last year. So I was like, no, you've got to be kidding me. The universe is speaking. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Goodness, three bizarre things on one day. So I drove home that afternoon. I stayed quite far from my, my um, business at the time. And I, I prayed. I prayed in my car. I was like, Lord, now you've got to show me. I mean, this is crazy. I know nothing about modeling. I have never done anything like this. If you really want me to model or to enter a beauty competition, speak to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like three confirmations just wasn't enough for me to start modeling. I needed like the seat to open <laughs> or something. Anyway, so it was, I, it was probably like I already told you three times. I know, right? Are you not listening? What's wrong with you, woman? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm a normal woman, right? We don't listen. So, okay. <laughs> hey, you're not trapping me. I'm not answering that. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm driving home. My car radio is playing. I'm praying. And, um, you know, I pray, Lord, show me. Give me a sign. 
at that very moment, I drove, um, like when I drive, drive home, I had to drive over a mountain. So at the top of this mountain, it's this beautiful space where you arrive at the top. There's this big wood, wooden cross of, you know, the cross of Jesus. Someone actually placed a huge cross on their property. And then you see the entire town where I stay, which is like very beautiful. It's mountains, open lands, a dam, big dam there. So it's just this incredible view when you get to the top. So as I got to the top of this mountain, there's the cross, here's the view. It's like, oh, you arrive in heaven. And it, at that moment, my car radio just randomly switched to a new station and the new station started with the announcer saying and here in studio right now we have mrs south africa for an interview and they just started this whole interview with the current mrs south africa of that year which was 2013. so i was like no <laughs> All right, that was just too obvious. I've never had anything like that happen to me in ever in all of my life. Wow. So I entered, I entered uh, Mrs. South Africa. And um, yeah, it was quite a journey from there. I just I started modeling. Um, I progressed from Mrs. South Africa. I also did Mrs. Africa, which is, you know, the entire content, continent of Africa, yeah. which was quite big. And then I won that. Okay. Uh, to compete, nice. thank you, uh, in the USA at a world competition in Atlanta, Georgia. And I won. I actually won the world okay. titles. <laughs> Congratulations. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Like, I just browse through the, the bios because I, I like to learn things as we go. So I didn't I didn't catch that part. Yeah. Well thank you. Yeah. So I, I actually eventually won the world title. But but I never won Mrs. South Africa. Um, I went through that entire journey and I didn't win. Uh, it was actually from there that the um, pageant directors of the Mrs. Africa brand saw me and, you know, got me to enter. And yeah. So also it shows you that you don't actually ever have to, you know, sometimes we feel in life like, all right, now, you know, what I thought was going to happen, I was going to win this, and then it was going to go like this, and like this, and like that. You can kind of mm -hmm. see the steps that you need to take to get where you think you want to be. Yeah. Um, but sometimes life just has a completely different plan, and it is actually a whole lot better than the one that you thought might have worked. Because if I had won Mrs. South Africa, um, I wouldn't have competed in America. Yeah. It would have been a different pageant at the time, a different country. Yeah. I might have not won that pageant either. And um, yeah, so now, you know, the journey that I was supposed to be on is the right one. I was supposed to be on that one. I was supposed to come to Atlanta. I was supposed to be seen in Atlanta, progress from there and eventually, you know, come to the United States where I now have my very own talk show. <laughs> awesome. uh, yes, which will uh, air uh, every Sunday night at eight o'clock on Distro TV on CJC Network. So it just all worked out how it should. And that is actually, you know, I love that. That's what I love is television work and presenting. So it worked yeah. out well. <laughs> See, and that's all about perseverance you know yes. like say say after that first pageant you just gave up and i wanted well, to i was mad i mean i mm. went through that entire pageant stretching myself into areas that i never felt comfortable in walking on a stage as a mother in a bikini um you know training your body getting all that oh and then not winning like <laughs> it's so embarrassing it's so uh, you know, it was just hor horrific for me to go through all that stress and then not win after I really felt like God led me to it. So I really learned a lot during that process as well. Um, you know, See, and that's and that's the good thing because I've been say, I'm 47 now. I've been competing in track and field since I, don't know, I was like eight, I want to say. And people will ask me, well, what was your favorite meet? And I was like, that's easy. That's the 1992 state meet, like, because I should have won. I was undefeated the entire season. And then that day I ended up third. 
Sure. And and that just that just lit a fire under underneath me because I should not have lost that meat. But for the longest time, I beat myself up over for like maybe a solid decade. Like I let that loss bother me because I put in so much time and effort and training, you know, sacrificing time with my friends to, to put work in and to, to fall short that day. But now when I'm working with athletes, I use that story. Like, I mean, I have many, many, many gold gold medals mm-hmm. and that I, I could share those stories, but I talk about that one, that one bronze medal. Yeah. I said, this happened because I got complacent I got cocky and I took my eye off the prize. Yeah. Uh, like I was smashing people the whole year. And then that day I just got into my own head. I got careless. Like, like I said, I think I just overlooked the competition. I was celebrating before I actually did the work to win. Hmm. And I stressed to those athletes, like you, you don't want to, you don't want to get there. It's like, you're good, but you're not there. Hmm. See, I, I thought I was there where I could just show up and win. And, and I wasn't there yet. So like I shared that story of that setback and then how that setback even still pushes me to compete now, 30 yeah. years later. <laughs> and, and, you know, the power of stories can literally save lives. I yes. have to tell you, I mean, I um, listened to a guy's um, testimony the one time about his life and um, I don't know if you know him, it's called Louis Wojcicic and he's an Australian guy and he has no arms and no legs. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yes. And he actually, and I hope I tell the story correctly, but it inspired me so much um, that, um, you know, he was actually going to go home and commit suicide because kids were really teasing him. He was yeah. really feeling bad about himself. And on his way home, uh, one girl, I think it was a girl, stopped by him and she literally just greeted him friendly and she was kind to him um and you know and how that story how her story and you know she just started talking to him that literally saved his life he he went home thinking well maybe life isn't that bad if if you know this person was just that kindness um how it saved his life and how our stories of of perseverance can literally save someone's life. We don't even know. We would yes. never know. Um, I, I heard a story actually this past week. I was um, ministering in Kentucky and uh, there was a group of people there and the one doctor came to me and um, he had a patient um, that was you know, terminal with cancer and he had to give the, the patient the news and say, listen, I'm sorry, but there's literally nothing I can do for you. You have cancer. You, you know, I'm sorry, you have like two weeks left to live. And when he told the guy that, he said, well, um, thank you for, for giving me, um, uh, you know, this. Uh, he said, but that's okay. He said, because I know where I'm going when I'm dying. And this guy had this complete peace over him. And the doctor, like he wasn't, you know, a believer or anything. He he had no idea, you know, what he, he didn't even think about after, life after death. And he was so surprised about the way this patient acted and the peace and the comfort this patient had as to all the other patients that he's told, you know, sometimes news like this is bad news and they completely break down and they're just, you know, a mess. And he wanted that. He wanted that that surety that when he dies one day that he will know where he's going to go. He wants to live in that same peace that that patient had mm-hmm. and how that completely changed his life. So yeah. we never know, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> the stories that we share how it can actually change someone's life and save someone's life. We never know. So there's so much power. And it's not always the great stories that save lives. Like, you know, sometimes we win. People look at us and think, oh, you know, I'll never reach that. So that doesn't really touch people. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but it's like, how did you get there that they can work with? Yes. Yeah, like we were talking about, you know, how, how this show was unscripted earlier. Because when I first started it, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I was just doing what everyone else was doing. Yeah. And, you know, you know, send me questions. I'll ask you questions. And I, I didn't like the flow of it. And you can tell the person answered that question a hundred times. 
you know so like it just is it almost sounded robotic mm. and, and I was like I don't I don't want to do this like I, I just want to get up and I just want to have I want to get to know this person for an hour mm. you know it's like we can still talk about your business and what you got going on and you know we'll promote your books and your programs and your services and said but like I'm spending an hour with these people and I know nothing about them like nothing yeah. you know and and so now that the podcast has grown to where I'm booking out month, months in advance doing three shows a week but I'm, I'm bringing people together mm. you know like as because as everyone's talking I'm thinking about past guests that I, I had on it's like oh like she would be really good to speak to this person or he would yeah. be good on this one show you know so it's like we get to connect and it's yes. and I don't want to just send this business person or this CEO or this entrepreneur, I want to say this person has an amazing heart. <laughs> you know, like they have a great story. They've overcome so much and yeah. they will add value to your audience. Yeah. You know, so that's why just like you were saying, getting deep into the story. Like I'm not I'm not gonna get into it because uh we're getting low on time and I want to hear everything about what happened to your husband. But like <laughs> I I had a really bad knee injury. And same thing, the doctor told me I would never run or jump again. Like, and he just took one look at it and mm -hmm. made that diagnosis. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was like, you didn't even cut me open yet. You, you didn't even look and see what's in there. There was no x-rays been taken, no MRIs been done. You know, I was like, and I'm just supposed to accept your diagnosis for my life. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I'm, like, I'm not doing it. And so, and so many people do that they let other people dictate what their future is going to be yeah. and and then people just bear that burden where i was like no I'm like i don't accept that <laughs> you know it's like yes yes you're the professional but you don't decide how my body responds to this yeah. it's like i i decide that and yeah. and that's in any facet of life like if you want a million dollar business Put the work in and make it happen. Yeah. You know, if you want want to build a massive downline of a thousand people, put the work in and make it happen. If you want to be a professional athlete, put the work in and make it happen. Yeah. You know, but we have to realize that it's on us, and that includes healing. Now, I'm not saying people don't listen to your doctors. It's not what I'm saying. But you, <laughs> but you got to have belief in yourself. Yeah. That you can overcome whatever it is. Yeah. Now, for sure, and you have to put in the work. I mean, you said it. You know, nothing happens if you don't put in the work. Nothing comes from nothing, unfortunately. And they, we have no excuse anymore. <clears throat> there are millions of stories of people who have overcome, you know, enormous circumstances. Um, and so can we. We just have to take it one day at a time and persevere yeah. and start. Um, but, but the concept of you know, life never throwing anything bad at us, that's unrealistic. And unfortunately, that's what sometimes, you know, in the movies and television that we that we sit with, you know, is, is all this this figment of some kind of imagination that it can happen easy and quickly. And people see others on TikTok and they become this overnight influencing success. Yeah. But they don't know of all the years and, and, and hours of effort that they've put in to making videos, creating content, um, you know, and also, again, the consequences that comes with the success, yes. you know, isn't always that great. <clears throat> it, it's not easy. <clears throat> exactly. So. Like, and, and that's why I do live streams because I don't got time. I don't have time for editing. Mm -hmm. I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's hard work. I, I, I started, I started again with the first couple because I was just trying to do what everyone else was doing. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not, I'm not cut out for this. Mm -hmm. Like in some things I'm very patient and other things I don't have it mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I just don't have it. Like, I, yeah. I don't have the time to be sitting here putting in three, four hours for this one hour video. Yes, yes, exactly. And that's where you can use your wisdom to adapt what you want to do, what you yes. want to create, but then make it work in your own life, make it unique, yes. make it yours, because you know, that's there's power in that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, like I put I put my <laughs> emphasis on the guest story and then adding my stories to it. So I don't need the fancy things popping up or pointing to the air and little things <laughs> popping up over my fingers. It's like, I don't, I don't need all that stuff. Like if you're hurting in your life, you watch this show and you will get value out of it. Like that's that's it. Like if you want to be entertained, I mean, yeah, we throw in some funny stuff every now, now and then, but like the purpose of this show is to be transformational. You know, so when people hear these stories, 
and they can apply them to their own lives rather than just be in, entertained for an hour. So, all right. So let's let's let's, let's dive into the story. Like, what what happened? What happened with the hubby? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna, in a nutshell, tell it as fast as I can. <laughs> I mean, we have, we have ten minutes. You, you have time. ten minutes. All yeah. right. Great. Um, so yeah, my husband, uh, I mentioned before that he is a sound engineer and he works on television and radio. So he worked in Nigeria, which is a country um, also in Africa, but a little bit higher up in Africa. We are more towards the south. And um, he was doing a soccer match at the time and they were just finishing up. They were finished and he was traveling back um, to Lagos, which is the capital of Nigeria. And uh, on their way back to the airport, their crew bus was, um, <clears throat> they actually stopped in what they thought was a roadblock. And um, when they got to the roadblock, it wasn't. It was a hostage, um, you know, complete crazy situation where all these rebels dressed in military uniforms <clears throat> had guns, AK-47s, rocket launchers, and they just ambushed their crew bus as well as, you know, other cars that were stopped in this roadblock. And they just started pulling random people out um, that they, you know, thought looked like um, international people with wealth and money and, and influence. And my husband was one of them. So they pulled him out of his seat in the bus, pulled him out of, you know, by his head and by, you know, <clears throat> took everything from him at that time and shoved him into a car. But before they actually did, you know, threw him into the car to, to chase away with him, that some of his crew members, <clears throat> sorry, I have this thing in my throat now, but he had <clears throat> his crew members lie on the floor, on their stomachs with their heads towards the floor on a little hill next to the crew bus. <clears throat> and one of his um, crew members, actually, his phone rang in his pocket and the rebel just immediately turned around and emptied his gun into the guy's body oh and shot, shot his friend as well in, in the leg. And um, he actually, they shoot until they can hear the bones break, uh, literally to, to make sure, you know, there's real damage caused. So at that stage, my husband knew, like, this is serious stuff. This is not, you know, no jokes. These guys literally can kill anything and anyone in an instant. And, um, yeah, so that's, you know, the big chase started. They threw them in the cars that 10 hostages, um, 10 or 12. I have to, I'm not actually sure. I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> I have to go and read the book again. Um, and then chased off with them. So what would happen now is all these rebels, 55 rebels with the, the hostages in the cars, would uh, get to more police blockades. So it would be war. The police would be shooting at the rebels. The rebels would be shooting at the police and bullets would literally be flying um, next to my husband's head into the car. And people would be hit. It's like a war zone, an actual yeah. war zone. So they went through about three or four of these roadblocks, um, you know, people dying and blood everywhere and absolute chaos. Um, and eventually they obviously, um, you know, it's a long story, but then they got to a place where they then kept him hostage. Um, and so this is when um, I came, you know, into the story as well, where I found out that he was being held hostage. Um, so what would happen is they would phone me um, or, or actually my, they would make my husband phone me from a cell phone that they would give him. They would take off his clothes and they would beat him with the flat side of a machete, which is like a very thick yeah. steel blade. Wow. Um, and so I would have to listen to the beatings, the sound of the steel blade hitting his body um, and him screaming with this excruciating pain and agony, begging me for his life, literally shouting, help me, help me, please help me. They're going to kill me, help me, help me. And this would go on and they would then shoot the rebels and kill the phone. So I, on the other side of the line, wouldn't know that they now kill him. Is he dead? Is he alive? What is going on? And um, during those times, you know, until they would make contact with me again <clears throat> to give me proof of life or <clears throat> that I could speak to him those I found were the moments that were the worst 
you know, well, besides the fact of, of listening to all this, um, yeah, but to no try one. and keep your head straight until you actually have proof that he's, that, you know, that he's dead. Um, it's the in-between times that are the hardest. Um, and I, I did a few things, which I, I, I absolutely believe it was Holy Spirit led, um, you know, and that God showed me. And that was where it's so important for us during life. And when we go through really immense struggles is to meditate on good things, uh, to keep our minds and our lives occupied with positive and good things. I would in those days and hours that, you know, it would just not pass. It was like a minute felt like a day and I would check my watch and no time would have passed. It's the strangest thing when, when something like that happens in your life. Yeah. But I would go and put on worship music. I would sing. I would, um, you know, read my Bible. I would sit with people that is positive and that can speak life into my circumstances and that can help me and support me. Um, there were many people in my home at that time, you know, government officials, uh, people who uh, were trying to get him out at the time, um, you know, secret services, special forces, the media, it was it's absolute crazy. Um, and I would try to not spend a lot of time among those kind of crowds because they would state the obvious, yeah. the reality. And I, at that stage, needed to hold on to something extremely positive in order for me to, to get through this. And, um, yeah, so in life today, I often use that same tools where when I'm going through something really hard, I look at it and I go like, all right, what is it that I can do about it right now? It's like if it's a big circumstance and I can't change anything about it right now, like what can I do? I can try and have joy in this moment. I can sing. I can look at the sunset and believe that tomorrow the sun will come up and I will find the strength to get through tomorrow. Like tomorrow I'll get through tomorrow. Today I'm just going to do whatever I can do today. And as you go through these days, before you know it, you've passed. You've gone through this incredible circumstances. Um, you're still in one piece nothing ever goes wrong forever but nothing ever goes right forever so you know bad things is gonna happen and we're gonna have to get through them um, but when we're in the bad times we need to know that this is only for a moment these times will pass um, and in my case you know i just trust god that he will never leave my side he will give me the strength and that whatever happens in this moment um, will be for the best and the benefit of my life. I know that, you know, life will work out for the best uh, to those who trust God and obey His commands. And that belief gives me so much peace. Um, and it's stuff that I really applied uh, during the kidnapping. So, and it, it, it was amazing. I mean, we both came through the kidnapping. There's a few things that we did. <clears throat> I won't have time for it right now. But we literally had... Um, you know, no PTSD, no sleepless nights. Um, it was, it's actually incredible what we went through and how we got through it. And I totally believe it's, it's by grace, <clears throat> but it's also because we implemented, you know, certain things in our lives at the time as well. So it's very, very powerful. Forgiveness being one of them. Yes. Like we really had to go and forgive uh, the perpetrators, people that treated us unfairly during that time. And that forgiveness and that release, that brought a lot of healing as well. So that was also very, very powerful. But yeah, this is an awesome book. This is, this is an incredible story. It's like a movie. It's literally like reading the pages of a movie. It's phenomenal how we got him out. Absolutely mind-blowing. <laughs> People will have to go and read the book. I'm not going to tell them. Okay. <laughs> Good. I like that. I like that. How, how long was he detained? Uh, so he was kidnapped for, he was held hostage for 10 days. So for, for about 10 days, we went through this torturing and, um, yeah, all this stuff. And what, what were they after? Money. Uh, yeah. 
always money. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what people will do for money. Um, True. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Wow. Well, kudos to, to all of you for making it through that. Like, uh, that must have been awful on both fronts, obviously, with, with him and enduring the, the, the torture and not knowing if you're going to make through it. Yeah. Make it through. And then, of course, you, every time your phone rings, must have given you some type of some type of stress like oh that's not him like yeah that's not him yeah you know? so like how, it's how crazy is that for you? It's, yeah you know in circumstances like that it's like uh your your emotions are you know you're so overwhelmed it's like your heart literally pumps without control at one stage when you know i would hear him scream they would shoot uh my legs will just you know, give way under my body. I would have, I would not feel my legs from the rush of adrenaline and the, the fear and the anguish and the anxiety. Um, there were times that the rebels would phone me and scream at me and swear and, and that, that, that abuse, um, you know, shouting the most horrific things um, to me and telling me to pick a coffin, you know, to pick the color of the coffin okay. that I want him back in. Um, and just swearing all kinds of vulgar things, um, you know, those moments is, is not something that you can control. Your body just reacts to it. And then after that, you have to literally go and, you know, get your mind back again um, and, and, and focus and say, all right, like this is happening. What can I do right now? What can I focus on? What can I hold on to? Um, for me, it was the word of God and, and, and just worshiping and praying. Um, but, you know, um, I don't know how anybody could ever get through anything like that without a supernatural strength and a power because it's 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 just crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's that's powerful, powerful yeah. story. I have to have to because because now I'm all curious. So now I got to get the book and <laughs> check it out. <laughs> you know, I hope so. Please buy the book. I need some sales. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, and for both of you, like, like, like yeah. I said, I just want to hear, hear, you know, both sides because yeah. that's to deal with something like, I, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. could not imagine. Yeah, you know, it's no, like it's I'll, I'll take my knee, my knee surgery a <laughs> hundred times over <laughs> than dealing yeah. with, with something like that. Yeah. Wow, unreal. Yeah. All right, so let people know where they can get the book. Yes, well, it's on Amazon, uh, so that's the easiest way to get it. It's on Goodreads if you want the digital version, uh, Apple, uh, all the digital platforms, uh, Barnes and Nobles, Goodreads, uh, literally everywhere where you can search for online books. It's Kidnapped, a true story by Lorna Grayling, or you can go to my website, which is www.lorna, it's like L-O-R-N-A, Grayling, like the color gray, ling, <laughs> grayling, <laughs> and uh, .com. And so all of my information is on there. Um, and I do, you know, various public speaking, acting, presenting, MC, whatever they need. It's on there. But the book is on there as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And I, I have that link in the, uh, the in the description as well. Thank you. Thank so, you very much. My pleasure. All right. Give us some final words. Yes, final words. Well, I think my final words would just be like, never give up. You know, uh, sometimes life can really feel like it's the end. Um, it will never get better. Um, you know, emotions can be so overwhelming. Like it's just never going to get better. You feel like you literally um, are dying emotionally. Um, but one, when we persevere through that and just keep on keeping on, before we know it, we're through, you know, and life does look better again. And um, so never give up. You know, we're all so special. Um, we're made for a purpose and a reason. Don't ever give up. It, it's the feelings are not the truth. Don't follow your feelings. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Love so it. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And this just last thing I'll add is it may not look the way you think it's going to look mm. because some people will have it in their mind but then the outcome might be something different like the example i gave earlier with the young woman that wanted to open up a restaurant in an african themed restaurant mm. and i was like 
yeah, but you're into fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a need for more fit fitness centers in the inner city communities, and you can do it with African themed music. Like there you go. And then mm-hmm. she, she was like, you know what? I, I didn't really think of that because mm-hmm. like you're passionate about fitness, you're passionate about dancing, and you're passionate about your African heritage, right? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so so just because it's not the way you drew it up. Yes. Uh, be open. I believe you used the word earlier. Be adaptable. Like you yeah. have to be able to to adapt. So, all right, let me try this. Nah, I don't like that. Let me try this. Yes. Nah, I don't like that. Yes. And then you find out what fits your core value. Yes. Absolutely. But just don't ever give up. Keep going. <laughs> yes. Love yeah. it. Love it. Awesome. All right, well, thank you very much. So <laughs> thank this was a you, great Robert. conversation. You're leaving me with all these cliffhangers. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We'll chat again. <laughs> well, well, no, for, for a book promotion, that's that's good. <laughs> you know, right? That's good. You, you want that. You don't want to uh, win that whistle. So um, don't don't sign out though, because uh, I got some connections for you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for your time. So you can wave bye to other peeps that'll be watching bye. this on video, and then I'll I'll see you in a minute. All right. So that was Lorna sharing her story about how her husband got kidnapped on after a job in Nigeria. And she wrote a book about it called Kidnapped. The link is in the description section. So after you watch this, you're going to want to want to grab that because I know I'm intrigued. I want to know how how they both, how their family got through this because that had to be an awfully terrifying ordeal. And uh, as I said, I'll be back again at 2 o'clock with another great story. So as always, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support and have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Next time, shut up and grind.